Hey guys, so I'll make this pitch extremely easy for you. We've got a free $20 to hand to you, which you can use on fantasy sports betting immediately. All you have to do is download the Thrive Fantasy app, sign up using the promo code LEGACY, and deposit a minimum of $20, and you'll get an instant $20 bonus tacked onto that. With the NBA reset season and playoffs underway, fantasy sports and daily betting for the resident NBA junkie has never been this intense and this fun. And when it comes to fantasy betting platforms, make sure to make the right choice and hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for players that makes games super simple and intuitive that even first-time beginners can pick it up instantly. Enter a contest where all you have to do is choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. You're merely dealing with over-under prop bets that each have a point total associated to them based on likelihood of occurring. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. So what are you waiting for? Win some money on the side while you watch the excitement of this year's NBA playoffs. Again, use promo code LEGACY when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. This is Three Seconds, a post-game recap micro-pod in which I, your host, Jonathan Hernandez, give you three second-helping points that stood out to me following a particular Lakers game. If you like these micro-pod recaps, this will be the last one for the playoffs that will be available to the public. So if you'd like to continue catching up on these in between our normal weekly Lakers Legacy Podcast episodes, You'll be able to do so by simply donating a dollar a month to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. So please consider doing that if you like these three-second series. Uh, first and foremost, before we begin our show, I want to extend a very happy 42nd birthday to Kobe Bryant. On a day like today, with Luka Doncic dropping 42 and hitting the buzzer-beating three-pointer versus the Clippers, showing his mettle and toughness playing through an ankle injury, it's very clear that Kobe's presence is mightily felt. And with the Lakers gaining their stride going up 2-1 and LeBron James activating playoff LeBron, we can all but wonder what Kobe would be thinking right about now in cheering on these Lakers who are finally beginning to awake from their quarantine slumber. Regardless, Kobe, we miss you and we love you and we will celebrate you again on Mamba Day tomorrow, 824. So rest in power, KB. All right, so the Lakers are up 2-1 on the Portland Trailblazers after a dominant second half on the backs of Anthony Davis and a vintage playoff LeBron performance by the King. Both AD and LeBron hit 11 of 18 from the field, and Anthony Davis, even while he had that lackluster first half, bounced back in a tremendous way in the second half by nailing a ton of pick-and-pop mid-range jump shots, getting Nurk on a sick crossover step back, then taking Whiteside off the dribble from the mid post, taking it baseline, and then jamming down a ferocious and one on two to three Blazers. Needless to say, Anthony Davis turned up the aggression and energy in the second half, and the Lakers may have found a simple way to get him going whenever LeBron sits, i.e. run some pick and rolls or pick and pops with him and Alex Caruso, 
maybe Rondo in the future. Um, but also, who can forget the defensive highlight of the night with Damian Lillard attempting to place AD on a poster only to be block party back to Weber State. That was one of the nicest, cleanest, emphatic blocks I've ever seen from Anthony Davis. And AD made Dame literally look like a little child. So that was fun to see. All right, so obviously props to Anthony Davis waking up in the second half. Props to the vintage LeBron performance in which LBJ carried us consistently throughout the night while we were still trying to catch our bearings, especially in the first half. His wonky free throw shooting notwithstanding. He obviously hit four of eight from three, and that was huge for our overall offensive game. In a lot of ways, this game three was a microcosm of the Lakers' first two games, where the first half represented game one, in which the Lakers just looked so unfocused, so sloppy, so unprepared, just going through the motions like they have all bubble. Uh, But then, just like in game two, in the second half, a light bulb went off, AD flipped his Mamba mentality on, KCP started hitting threes, and the Lakers took off from there and were never really in danger after the end of the third. So, yeah, great job by the Lakers. At this point, you you know all the main general talking points of this game. So finally, let's get to my three seconds of the night. So for my first second helping point of the night, I just want to again talk about the freaking starting lineup. Once again, it continues to just slog its way through the starts of games and the starts of halves. I think I read on Twitter that it has the second best net rating on the team of any five-man lineup, but I feel like that number is propped up by the super dominant game two performance that we had, so take that with a grain of salt. And obviously what we see with all of our eyes is this starting lineup, even with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, just lacks so much flow and cohesion. JaVale McGee continues to clog the paint up and muck up any consistent LeBron and AD pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop action we'd like to see. Uh, the lack of versatility in KCP and Danny Green's games to be able to put the ball on the floor or even be effective cutters who can reliably finish at the rim uh, has really hampered our offense, especially when they're not hitting their three-pointers, which even though KCP has started to come around in that department, it's still been very slow. But the biggest problem here is not so much that Vogel continues to trot out this lineup, although let's be clear, that's the root of the issue. But if we're going to accept the fact that he's continually going to do this, then the next biggest problem is is the fact that he plays this unit for far too long to start games and to start halves. He plays the starting unit pretty much at least seven minutes straight through each time to start the first quarter and to start the third quarter, with Caruso and Kuzma subbing in way too late. And usually by that point, the Lakers are at a deficit. We're even with the Blazers when we could already be having a lead at that point. And I just think it's so unnecessary. I feel like we're shooting ourselves in the foot here when we could be establishing momentum and gaining a lead early on instead of relying on Caruso, Kuzma, Markeith, and Dwight to establish order for us off the bench, which is already so insane to say. But yeah, if Frank Vogt can just cut that time down in which he subs out the starting unit to five minutes, we'll be so much better off. So this strange commitment to the starting lineup is also, I feel like, fudging up Kuzma's minutes and rhythm. Um, There's no way this dude who has been so hot on both ends of the court since the start of the bubble should only be getting 22 minutes a game. And yet that's what he's got in the last two games. Obviously, caveat the blowout game two that we had. But still, Kuzma is only shooting two of 10 from three in this first round, and it doesn't seem like we're running any plays for him to get him going on the offensive end. And I think Frank's insistence on sticking with this starting lineup longer than he needs to 
is also hampering Kuzma's ability to get into a flow, work up a real sweat, and get more involved in the offense. Um, so please, Frank, let's start shuffling the deck by the seven-minute mark of the first and thirds instead of the four- or five-minute mark. And once we do that, I feel like things will just flow a lot better, we'll hum to leads much quicker, and yeah, it'll just be so much prettier to watch. So yeah, that's it for my first second helping point of the night. Let's take it to break, and when I return, we'll get to my last two second helpings of the night. Alright, so we're back, and for my second second helping of the night, let's just continue to give it up to the Lakers' overall defense. It has been the one constant in this first round for them, even when their focus and shot have wavered on the other end. Their commitment to hounding Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Gary Trent Jr. has been praiseworthy, and their hustle on the boards has been paramount. They out-rebounded the Blazers 55-38 in Game 3 and beat them on the offensive glass 12-7. They have held the hottest team in the bubble in the Blazers to 39%, 40%, and 41% shooting from the field through three games respectively and continue to take advantage of a team that has been running on fumes and who played about six or seven of their first eight games all right down to the wire during the seeding session. Uh, Pete at Laker Film Room tweeted this out earlier today, but during the regular season, Portland was third in the league in offensive rating at 113.2. In the bubble, they were actually first in offensive rating with a 122.5 hit. And during these playoffs, because of the Lakers, they are dead last with a 98 rating. So all thanks to the Lakers suffocating defense. I mean, you've seen it in the ways our bigs are just being long, tall, and crashing the boards. You've seen it in the way that LeBron James, Cal Kuzma, and even Dwight Howard have been hounding the perimeter and just trapping Portland's guards. Dwight especially has been a revelation on defense, not only in the paint, but also in the way he's helped trap on the perimeter and blow up these pick and rolls. Um, when you have the length that Cal Kuzma has, the length that LeBron and Anthony Davis has, and you couple that with their ability to move their feet and be quick and speedy on defense, and it's just a problem for these smaller guards that Portland has to even just get a clean shot off even when they beat our guys off the dribble. That triple block sequence at the end of the game with Danny Green and Anthony Davis was a thing of beauty. Also, get this. When it comes to individual players' defensive ratings, look at who's in the top six. At number one, we've got Alex Caruso with a 78.1 defensive rating. Just props to Alex Caruso and his hustle. Even when he's not doing anything on the offensive end, he's just making such a huge impact on the other end. Um, at number two, we have Kyle freaking Kuzma with a 79.9 defensive rating. Anthony Davis comes in at number four with a 96.2, and LeBron James comes in at number six with a 96.8 rating. So just incredible all around. Uh, needless to say, the Lakers are sticking with their defensive game plan to perfection, bringing the intensity and physicality to the Blazers and really making the Blazers huff and puff their way to any points they can get. Even when the Blazers start knocking down their threes, which they kind of did the last game, the Lakers' defense has remained steadfast and they've been sticking to their doubling of Dame and CJ and coupling that with a semi-zone. They've continued to contest with effort and purpose and overall just fantastic stuff from the defensive end. And we can only hope that continues and they continue to rev each other up on that end. All right, so we'll take it to one more break, and when we return, we'll get to my third and last second helping point of the night. All right, 
for my third and last second helping, I just want to talk about some things that we're still currently waiting to see from the Lakers that haven't yet happened, but we know are going to come sooner or later. And when those things eventually happen, we should feel encouraged and hopeful by how the team's performing now, in spite of those things not happening yet. Sorry, that was really confusing. Um, I'll phrase that better as we move along, um, but I'll just get to my points. So here are some things we haven't yet seen from the Lakers that we know are likely going to happen, and when they finally do, should help the Lakers really take off. First, we haven't seen Kyle Kuzma have a hot shooting game yet. He shot 44% from three during the seeding games, and he's only shot two of 10 thus far from three. Outside of that, he also shot 46% from the field in general, and had way more opportunities to get himself going on the offensive end during the bubble games, whether it was through handling the ball more, receiving more screens from Dwight where he can play pick and roll as the, the ball handler, more opportunities to take his man off the dribble and go downhill. That's sort of been non-existent in these first three games. So I think we could see a Kyle Kuzma outburst offensively as soon as game four, and he should hopefully get his three-point stroke back in order as well. Hopefully Frank Vogel will help him out, help run some action for him as an off-ball cutter, um, as well as an on-ball threat who can leverage his speed and size. Hopefully he'll have Kyle Kuzma running off more curls and screens to get him some easy three-point looks as well, especially on the baseline. So once Kyle Kuzma gets going offensively, it's going to not only open up the Lakers' perimeter shooting and spacing, but also just allow us to get our dry-ass, clunky offense flowing in general and get, help us hopefully get to more double-digit leads. Next, we still haven't seen Danny Green get hot from three. And I know, I know it's beginning to look like it'll never happen, but trust me, it will. Look, this guy still hit at least 12 of 36 from three in the finals last year versus the Golden State Warriors. That's still 36% from three. He also had a game in the finals last year where he knocked down six of 10 from three in one game. So best believe the Danny Green three-point shooting hot streak game is coming. And when it does, the Lakers will likely steamroll their way into some easier wins, whether it's the Blazers or the Houston Rockets in the next game. All I know is it's coming and we're going to need it from Danny Green. So mm, I'm just holding out a little bit longer. Okay, some rapid fire quick points on some other things we're waiting on that will eventually happen and should help. Uh, one, Frank Vogel will hopefully eventually play Dion Waiters at least five minutes each half to finally get the offense flowing, to add some diversification to our offense and, and spark our team in general, and hopefully get us out of the predictable tight play that we've been seeing on the offensive end of the ball. So please, Frank, Dion's defense can't currently be as bad as JR's mind lapses on defense, so please give him a shot. The way that you did the entire bubble seeding stretch, which is so perplexing to me that Dion actually had a role during those first eight games, and then all of a sudden, once the playoffs hit, he's absolutely nowhere to be found. So we should hopefully begin to see a little bit more Dion Waiters and that should open up our offense. Uh, lastly, like I referenced earlier in this episode, Frank will hopefully pull the plug on the starting unit much sooner. Even just shuffling the lineup two minutes earlier in each half will help us get off to a much better footing and much better starts. And so yeah, those are just a few of the things I'm confident will eventually happen and come around, which haven't yet. And when they do, we'll begin to start firing on even more cylinders and hopefully really ride that momentum to some more consistent dominant play for the rest of these playoffs that are more reminiscent of the game two that we saw from the Lakers. And yeah, we're going to need those things to start happening uh, once we hit the second round when we potentially face off against the high-octane Houston Rockets. 
All right, so that'll do it for this edition of Three Seconds. Again, this will be the last Three Seconds episode that will be available to the public. I will be migrating this series and segment over to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. I put a lot of work into these, and I feel like a buck a month is well worth it to get some extra Lakers content in your ear. So please consider doing that. And if you can't do that, please at least follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also consider rating and reviewing us five stars on iTunes. That would help us out tremendously. And lastly, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Lakers Legacy. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And on to game four we go. Happy birthday, Kobe. Happy Mamba Day as well. Mamba forever.